Today, you learn how to achieve the most important thing you want from your relationship. Martin Luther King Jr. said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for your relationship? Gentle startups is going to be the key in terms of turning those difficult conversations into something actually positive, productive, and resulting in deeper intimacy, more feeling more connected. Uh, so today, you're going to learn six things that you have to do if you're going to start a difficult conversation off on the right foot. But before we do, don't forget smalleyinstitute.com. Join the VIP inner circle. That is a incredible membership. It's Honestly, it's probably the thing I'm most enjoying right now because every week throughout the week, so in the mornings, there's a couple of evenings every week, I am just starting a Zoom meeting that you have exclusive access to if you join the VIP membership. And um, and so you get the live Q&A where you and I are going to talk about what's going on for you. So you get the weekly Q&A, you get exclusive couples exercises that you can download and print out and put on your uh, refrigerator door so that when you do hit something difficult, you can actually be productive and you can be healthy and you can increase the joy and satisfaction in your relationship. You get exclusive assessments and you get free webinars every single month. I'm getting ready to launch the uh, Tender Hearted Warriors group just for men and the group just for women that I'm calling Rise. So don't waste time. Head on over to smalleyinstitute.com and join the club. So today we're talking about, and I've already got some people here in my uh, VIP Zoom meeting right now, so they get to watch, like you do on Facebook, they get to watch uh, me record my daily podcast, but when I'm done recording, I say goodbye on Facebook, and I just focus in on those VIP members and help them with their stuff. So, Gottman says, gentle startups use I statements. Notice the difference between saying, you make me so angry always leaving those dirty socks on the floor like that. Versus, you know what, I just, <laughs> I get angry when I see those dirty socks on the floor. There's a major difference. You know, I shared this before. 96% of the time, if you begin like a jerk, it's going to end negatively. And it does. It leaves you on the pathway, the super highway to divorce and broken relationships. Um, you know, one of the things that people really struggle with is you're not as good as you think you are. So, you know, one of the tricky things about relationships is how relative they are. And the problem and the reason why I'm arguing that you're not as good as you think you are, and, and I'm referencing how you think you started that conversation in the morning or the previous day or a month ago or when you first got married is very rarely going to be as great as you're 
thinking it is in the moment, in the in the present day, uh, we tend to remember ourselves in a totally better light than what we really were, and what how we really interacted with our spouse or that other person. And I think we we do this, and we have a need to remember ourselves in a better light. Uh, because we want to prove the wrongness of our spouse's reality. We're stuck on the facts. We're stuck on our opinions. We're stuck on trying to prove myself right, what I think happened, what I determined reality really was, is correct, and yours is wrong. Therefore, I know that I was really soft when I started. I used all the correct words and oh, I never said that or that is not at all what happened. Folks, you've been trying that forever and, and it's the reason that you're remaining stuck. So here's the point today is, you know, and I titled this, <laughs> you, know, you know, what have you tried not being a jerk? Is that no one wants to be around a jerk. No one wants to meet the needs or validate and understand the feelings. It's never worked before when you've started off harshly in a conversation, especially those difficult ones. And so maybe, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this one out here for you. Maybe it's time to try a different approach. Whiny is not attractive. Pouty, mm-mm, not attractive. Jerky, eh, not going to work. If you want your feelings and needs to be understood, if you if you want to be validated, if you want to hear your spouse be like, "Man, that's awful. I am that must be miserable to feel that way." Right? If you want to be teammates, if you want to break that miserable cycle of setting your relationship up like a courtroom where one of you is the prosecutor, one of you is the defender, and you're both arguing about the same facts, but from radically different viewpoints, um, if you want what you desire most, which is to be understood and validated, you really have no other choice than to start softly when you need to have a difficult conversation. It's, it's the miracle startup to those kinds of conversations, right? It sets up your spouse to do what you're really, really, really hoping that they do. So there's six rules to being understood and validated. There's six things that you can do in order to start off those difficult conversations in a way that you can walk away feeling good about each other, feeling good about the, the present and future state of your relationship. So number one, Complain, don't blame. Okay, it's complaining is not wrong. It's just when it turns from complaining to criticizing. Criticizing is a statement that's often a generalization. It's using words like always and never. It's attacking another person's character. Healthy complaining sounds more like this, right? Is that you're describing the situation the circumstance that you're upset about non-judgmentally. You're expressing how you feel about it. So instead of you always and you never do this, you're saying, look, 
at the end of the day, here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling ignored. I'm feeling rejected. I'm feeling disconnected. I helped one of the VIP members last night in a uh, Q&A, a live Q&A, and helped her understand that, you know, what you're feeling is devalued and belittled. And if you would just talk about that, then your husband is going to be far more willing to do, do it differently, to change his behavior. So that's number one, complain, don't blame. Number two, use I instead of you statements. Psychologist Thomas Gordon noted, when statements start with the word you instead of the word I, they are more likely to be critical and make your partner defensive. And we hate when our partner gets defensive. It's like they're trying to flip my hurt back to their hurt. And that's turning the table, right? And, and no one likes that. No one wants a defensive partner. So what you need to say is something like, look, I'd like it if you'd listen to me instead of you aren't listening to me. Can you? I mean, you can hear the difference, right? It's pretty obvious, pretty clear. Describe what is happening. Don't evaluate. This is number three. So describe what's happening for you, your feelings, your needs. Don't evaluate or judge. Instead of accusing or blaming, describe what you're what what you see happening non-judgmentally. Say this, for the last seven evenings, I've cleaned up the kitchen by myself. Instead of you never help clean up around here. So again, you can it can have a complaining tone. It just can't cross over to being a judgmental and critical tone. Number four, talk clearly about what you need in positive terms. Say what you wish, say what you wish for or hope for, and or what you want more of versus what you don't want. We do. We we love that's why the news media so flipping negative. Because that's what tends to get our attention. But in your relationship, eh, that's not the focus that you want. You want it. You want to be focused on what's right, what's good, what would be a positive thing instead of a negative thing for you. So instead of asking your partner to guess what you need or to read your mind, express it explicitly. So you might want to try saying something like this. I'd appreciate it if you would clean your stuff off the dining room table instead of this dining room is a total mess right that's those general you if you love me you're gonna know what i mean by that statement now just be upfront about it just go look i i really would appreciate if you would clean your stuff off the dining room table five be polite make requests politely adding phrases like hey please and, you know, I would appreciate it if my favorite soft startup is, look, I might be wrong, right? That immediately just helps your spouse go, oh, their shoulders are going to drop. They're going to take a deep breath and they're going to be far more willing to hear you out and to be able to validate and understand you. It just sets them up to do that. Number six, give appreciations. Notice what our partners are doing right is always the best way to go. 
if your partner has at some point been better in this situation, then ask for what you need and couch it within an appreciation of what your partner has done right in the past and how much you miss what what used to happen or what has happened before, how much you miss it now. Be specific. Don't store things up. That was another VIP experience the other day is the husband was getting in trouble with his wife because he would stuff and stuff and store and store until finally, kaboom, it would explode out in anger, which is being a jerk. And so the thing that he was hurt about or frustrated over, he really doesn't get to share now because he's been a jerk. And now he's going to have to wait. He's going to have to come back and try to have that conversation in a way that we've talked about today. So when you're trying to be specific, what you want to sound like is something, something in this way. I always appreciate it when you made the bed in the morning. And I miss that. And I know, because I had another VIP member react strongly <laughs> towards that. They're like, oh, come on. That is so corny. I'm never going to do that. Well, okay. Good luck. Maybe corny is exactly what your relationship needs. So, in essence, if you're going to pull off these six ways to start your hard conversations off in the right way, you got to begin with taking responsibility for how you have begun difficult conversations in the past. Be kind is one of the things I say all the time now. Be kind and rewind in the end. If you commit to kindness, your relationship is just, it's going to flourish.